Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? All right, with that fire, welcome on into the Flex, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Head on over to broadwaysportsmedia.com for all of the great content you do not want to miss. Happy Halloween week for all of our Flexers out there. Hopefully your matchups this last weekend didn't scare you, as I know you tuned into Fantasy Overtime and listened to JG and I give out some fantastic advice that hopefully brought you home and gave you the, the things you needed to set your lineups and win your matchups. Guys, I didn't take my own advice, and I didn't do so well this weekend. I'm kind of struggling here trying to find some trades. I'm We'll get to what I learned here in a second. Love the Tucker and Dell <laughs> green lot. Nice switch. So anybody else uh, get scared out there? Have any scary matchups coming up now that's Halloween week? I'm feeling good. I made some trades uh, this last week and uh, feeling good. Feeling good. feel like it's going to be a lot of treats. A lot of treats? Halloween season. Nice. like treats when it comes to fantasy football. But speaking of treats, the show is a treat. And every week we go through what did we learn. So let's get that a try. Greenlaw, let's start with you. What have you learned? Well, I learned that I cannot make a quarterback sit start pick for the life of me. I've gotten <laughs> one correct all year. So going forward, just fade. Whatever I say, do the opposite. So we'll, I know we reverse weeks. Just reverse the weeks again for me. And I'll have them all right. Mine's similar to yours, just I've learned, and we'll get to this in a little bit with the results, and that I don't need to make bets and make outlandish things like say <laughs> certain quarterbacks are going to finish in the top three and they don't even make it as my start pick. Maybe I just, just start to keep it there. So that's what I've learned as well. I've also learned I can't make a trade on my fantasy teams because I can't afford to get rid of any of my players that would bring in something back. I can't get rid of Lockett. I just can't. He's too good. So moving on to you, JG, what have you learned? I learned that I screwed up big time. Back in my draft, when I waited to be the last team to take a quarterback, I'm in a 14-team league that's pretty competitive um, cost-wise in terms of entry fee. And some of these teams drafted two quarterbacks. Some of these teams drafted three quarterbacks. I ended up drafting Gardner Minshew and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And in a panic on Sunday morning, thinking that uh, Minshew was going to be benched possibly if he played bad, I dropped him. I dropped Fitzpatrick and picked up Tua. And I picked up and started Kyle Allen last week. I currently have two in my lineup. I'm trying to trade for a quarterback, but I learned that if you're playing in a big league with people who are going to overdraft a position, you have to get in there or you're going to be... I'm going to be selling one of my players that is better than I should be selling them for just so I have a quarterback to play. That was... that was. I don't know if this episode aired or not, but that was some of our draft advice too, is to read the room and see what everyone else is doing. So you didn't even listen to us when we were talking to us about reading the room about if positions are on a fly, you can't wait. You have all the strategies in the world, but it all kind of goes out the door if there's a quarterback run or a tight end, maybe not so much, but definitely that quarterback run for sure. So hopefully you've learned something there. Zach. Probably not. Well, probably not, yeah. But Zach, bring us home. What have you learned? I learned that Giovanni Bernard has a really weird facial hair. Like, I mean, it's a great mustache, but he looks like he's in a um, 1960s, like, uh, like he looks like uh, Eddie Murphy in Black Dynamite. Like, what is go? What? Who told you that looked good? Like, Gio, Gio. I know. I don't know if you're trying to be like Mario because Gio and it sounds both Italian. Giovanni. Giovanni, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing, but that mustache has got to go. 
I love it. I like that mustache. <laughs> I love that mustache. Keep it going, man. See how, see how gnarly that thing can get. It's like I almost made, I meant to make. A I'm just jealous. Over. I'll be honest. I'm just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all goes gray at some point, so don't be too jealous. So you know, and then you're stuck with it. Otherwise, you look like a big overweight baby because you got too big of cheeks and from not shaving. So that's why I have my beard gray and all. So I think it looks very distinguished. Thank you, sir. Well, one other thing I learned today. I know I gave mine already, but was looking at the chat back and forth and y'all discussing your trades. There were some interesting arguments going on. I think I even typed out in full capitals, please save this for the show. And you talking about who would you trade for? Who would you trade away? And there was some hot debate back and forth. that was great content. I want to give y'all some free airtime here. I'll contribute where I can. Greenlaw, I know you've got some thoughts on as well, but JG kind of lead us in. Where was this all going and who would you trade for? Who would you trade away and, and set it up for us? Yeah, let's get the small stuff out of the way first. We'll save the big one for the end. And I'll talk about who I'm with, who I'm targeting right now. And the main player I'm targeting is Deontay Johnson, but I'm willing to trade for any Steelers right now that are involved in the passing game because their schedule coming up over the next few weeks in the passing game, Ben Roethlisberger particularly, they just have a ton of matchups against teams that are giving up points to quarterbacks and receivers. So Deontay Johnson, I think, is a guy whose owners – Maybe looking at who they have, seeing that Deontay scored two touchdowns this week and thinking, I can sell high on this guy and maybe trying to get rid of him. If you can get Deontay Johnson, you may be paying up a little bit right now, but he's leading the team in targets despite missing most of three games. Everyone's excited about Chase Claypool, so I think you can maybe get some value on Johnson. That's my guy. I mean, I don't disagree. I traded actually for Big Ben because I already had uh, Deontay Johnson. And I think it's like for every reason that you said, you saw it in this Titans game. And I know he's not going to play Titans every week, but they got some really good matchups coming up. And I th am all in on some Deontay Johnson, Big Ben stacks. I think you have a couple of weeks you can ride those in DFS and everything. And I don't see any, and I'm, I'm with it. Go for Chase Claypool if you need to. He may be a little higher just because people are still probably clinging to those few weeks where he was like the guy. And you could probably get Juju Smith-Schuster really low and just put him in the flex. He's a, he's a flex guy. He's not a wide receiver one. He's not even a wide receiver two. He's not the alpha. He's not the beta. He's the gamma. And so you're going to put him in in that flex spot, and he'll be fine. I agree. He's maybe a little better than you give him credit for, but fantasy-wise, I agree. Because his role is what it is. Well, I'll tell you who I'm trading for. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has had one of his worst statistical years so far. And it's it's bad. I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's like quarterback 18, I believe is what Justin said, for, for more often than not. Three out of but, six. But, yeah, three out of the six, so 50%. And he is the not only the quarterback one there, he's also the running back one there because it's just nobody else. I mean, for right now, until maybe the bye week fixes that, but for right now, he's the guy there that you want to own. He's the most consistent offensive player for the Ravens by far. It's not even close. And I'll say this. Let me tell you why it's important because after this week, He's going to have two more rough games. So typically your trade deadline should be around November 27th. 
So the next two weeks, he's going to play Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and New England. And I know that New England doesn't sound like it's a, it's a big deal because of that crap fest they just had to go through. But currently, New England is actually a horrible matchup for quarterbacks. They rank the tw- they're giving up the 29th most points. So that would be the third le- fourth least or fourth least points in the NFL right now to fantasy quarterbacks. So I don't think it's just going to be an easy game. And I think people are going to expect it to be. So you may want to wait till after the new England game, but you're going to be able to buy really low on him. Cause the, but then coming up, he's got Tennessee Pittsburgh again, but Dallas, Cleveland and Jacksonville. And that leads right into week 16 versus the New York Giants. That's a really good slate leading into your playoffs. This is, people are going to be down on Lamar. So I would highly recommend trying to get him this week. And if he puts up a bad performance or a mediocre performance in Pittsburgh, go for him again. Trade for Lamar. No, I think you're right on track there. And depending on when your league's trade deadline is, Waiting until after that New England game, like you mentioned, might be the best course because Pittsburgh's got a good defense. Indy's got a good defense, and that's week nine. And then New England, week 10, also has a good – I mean, they've been good against quarterbacks. They haven't been good against the run, so Lamar might be able to run all over them, but they have been good against quarterbacks. So, yeah, I think that that's a pretty good strategy, bro. I think after Indianapolis is probably the best time to go because just in case New England trades away players or something, you want to get them before – the New England-Tennessee game. Because everybody's going to be looking at the Tennessee game saying, oh, well, he'll bounce back now. So get him before the New England game. It's a good thing. And the piece of advice here is also look at who you're trading for. Look at your opportunities, but also look at what their schedules look like closer to your playoff time. Because that's why you're trading for these guys. If you feel like you're in the spot where you're easily going to make the playoffs, then start looking at who they're going to be playing down the road. Because you don't want to be surprised with, oh, crap, in the playoffs – They've got three straight weeks of awful matchups. What have I done to myself? So you got to pay attention to that, not just who you're going after, but look at their schedules. So that's a great point, Zach. I just wanted to highlight there that you went over. Greenlaw, do you have anybody you're trying to trade for? Yeah, so he was a, a little bit of a sleeper pick a couple of weeks ago by JG, but my guy that I'd be trading for is Sleepy Joe Mixon. He's got an amazing playoff schedule. And like you said, it's all about the playoff matchups at this point. So his first round matchup is against the Cowboys, which they might have the worst defense in football, at least rushing defense in football. They're they're absolutely horrible. And then in the championship game, he plays the Texans, who, as we saw with Derrick Henry, he ran all over him. Joe Mixon has two, I mean, doesn't get much better than those two games in your first round matchup and your championship. And Whoever has Joe Mixon, they're probably a little frustrated with him too. So you might be able to get him at a little bit of a discount. Love Joe Mixon. I like all those. Well, let's flip the script here. Unless anybody has anybody, I kind of cut you off there, JG. I'm sorry. Unless anybody has anything to add about Joe Mixon, I think it's a great one to go after as well. Yeah, it's a great one. He should be, unless you're the team that you're trying to trade with doesn't have a running back, he should be pretty easy to get. You could probably package like two low end. You could probably package Rex Burkhead and Malcolm Brown or Malcolm Brown and Justin Jackson and probably get Joe Mixon and be in the driver's seat. Maybe. Just ask IBM Watson. It'll yeah. know. <laughs> they, they clearly <laughs> analyzed that pretty well for you. That's worked out for me so far this season. Like, <laughs> those crap ones out. No one's taking them yet. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. So all this talk about who you're going to trade for, but what are you going to use as trade bait or what are you going to use to trade away? And this is kind of where I was getting at and seeing some of the back and forth. JG, who would you be looking to trade away? Well, this is not like I'm 
out on him and want to trade him away because he's bad or anything. I think this is a good player. And I think when we talk about who you're going to trade away, like bringing up a player who's struggling or that is an obvious sell-high candidate isn't really helpful because everyone else in your league is going to be aware that they're a sell-high candidate or whatever. So they're going to be like, well, I'm not going to buy him now at his best value. You want to look for guys that people actually want to put on their team. So this bold prediction that I have is looking at guys who may have overperformed a little bit based on how many touches they've gotten this year. And the guy I'm looking to trade away right now is Aaron Jones, Green Bay Packers running back, who is a good running back and I think is going to be a good running back for the rest of the year. But I think you can sell him now at his peak, scored um, his scoring touchdowns at a rate that is just so insanely unsustainable that I'm looking to trade Aaron Jones away. Why are you rolling your eyes? Because he's been doing this for 21 games. It's not like he's doing it. This is the first year he's done it. He's always been the most efficient running back in that backfield, even when dumbass Mike McCarthy was back there. And I, and you say that he's overperforming. He's just performing. This is his baseline as a, as a uh, running back. He was RB. He ended the RB three in points per game last year, and he's already RB three again in points per game this year. I mean, I just I don't see. And listen, nobody's going to give you what you want for him because you're going to want some two players back for this one player. And nobody's going to do it. I just don't think it's fe- I don't think it's a feasible thing to even waste your time with. Find someone else to try to trade that that you could pair with Aaron Jones. That would probably be you know, helpful to your team. Right. And I think it's a good reminder that when you do make trades, you're trying to win afterwards. You're not trying to give up your good players and lose afterwards, which JG is clearly trying to do here. Let me tell you something about Aaron Jones. (laughs) Aaron Jones's favorite movie, Field of Dreams. His favorite actress, Sally Fields. Favorite fantasy analyst, Field Yates. Rob, do you know what his favorite magazine is? I do. It's uh, Field and Stream. Well, you'd be wrong because it's Highlight for Kids because he's a human highlight reel on the field and you do not get rid of your highlight reels for anything. And nobody's going to take it. Here's my thing with Aaron Jones. If the touchdowns stop, the fantasy points will also stop. He only has 15 red zone carries this season. Um, Some players like Derrick Henry have 34 Derrick Henry's leading the league with 34 red zone carries. Derrick Henry also has a lot of touchdowns. That's the thing that Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones have in common over the last, starting since 2019, is they've scored a lot of touchdowns. But Derrick Henry's doing so because his opportunity, his workload share matches up with someone who should score a lot of touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 15 red zone carries this season, four touchdowns on 15 carries. His efficiency is insane. I feel like... I'm a little hesitant to ride him throughout the rest of the year because just seeing what the Packers were able to do without him this week against Houston, they ran all, obviously Houston's terrible, but they ran all over Houston. They didn't need him. They were able to rest him this week. I feel like the Packers know they're going to make the playoffs. Sitting at 5-1, and one, might want to preserve their, their running back playmaker down the stretch and lighten his workload a little bit because they have Jamal Williams, who's a Who pretty sucks. decent player. He's a pretty decent player. They drafted He's only AJ good Dillon. At catch in the pass, and AJ they, Dillon is a non-factor. They drafted him in the second round, and he's a rookie in a COVID offseason. That it's been one of the slowest starting years for rookies across the league this year, not just for Isaiah Wilson and the Titans, but for rookies around the league. Not just for the Packers who drafted Jordan Love in the first round, but 
rookies have been off to a slow start this year, and working in A.J. Dillon slowly is not a surprise. He has 10 carries over the last two weeks. Aaron Jones played in one of those games that he had five carries in, and obviously Aaron Jones was out last week. But How many carries did you get in that game? Who? <laughs> when, when, when he was out. Dylan had five carries in each of the last two games. So Jamal Williams was the workhorse in the last game. So, um, I mean, I don't think he's going to take an uptick anytime soon. Well, they could be working him in slowly. Uh, I don't know Maybe. if it's a guarantee, but I do think that la – so last year I had uh, Chris Godwin in every league, right? And I was kind of thinking about should I trade Chris Godwin at his peak before he like – because he was doing so well and scoring like two touchdowns a game, and he was just insanely – efficient and good and then towards the end of the year he had a major drop off he didn't even play in the championship game because he got hurt but before he got hurt he had a major drop off in production weeks like 10 through 14 or 15 i think aaron jones last year from weeks one to eight rb3 from weeks nine to 15 rb18 i'm just afraid that as we go through the course of the second half of the year his schedule toughens up he's got a lot of good defense played against if you look at his uh, star rating matchups on Fantasy Pros, he's got three game, four games with uh, three stars or less matchup. Sorry, five games with three stars or less matchup in his next six contests. Three games with a two-star matchup or lower, including San Francisco, Philadelphia's defensive front, Indy's defensive front. I'm a little worried that Aaron Jones is going to be an RB2 and not an RB1, and if you try to trade for him before he drops off, or try to trade him away before he drops off, you have a chance to maximize some value. Like, I'm trying to get a couple of players, like, in my league where I talked about earlier where I have no quarterbacks, a quarterback and another RB1 to replace this current RB1, who, my bold prediction, finishes, or doesn't finish, but from this point to the end of the season, RB2, not an RB1. That's the bold prediction. In points per game, right? Points per game, Aaron Jones. Well, no, not just points per game, because his calf injury is a consideration here. The fact that they may be nursing his injury or the fact that yeah. he may re-aggravate his injury or something like that's also part of it. And that might drive his value down. But if you're a smart Aaron Jones owner, you also have Jamal Williams and you should be able to package them together for anyone. Well, who, who do you think is worth the value that you're going to lose from Aaron Jones? Because you're going to lose a lot from Aaron Jones. I mean, what is what is a trade scenario? Not the ones that you tried to do that told you weren't going to work already. Yeah. But like, what are you, what's legit? Like, do you think you should go Eagle stack and go with Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders? I mean, that would seem smart. Maybe go for Big Ben and James Conner, but are those going to be like the ones that get you what you need? Uh, I think are you, the points you lose from Aaron Jones, are they going to make it up enough with, let's say you went with Gardner Minshew for the rest of the year and he actually started. So Gardner Minshew's normal points per game and Aaron Jones' normal points per game. Are you going to get what you need out of it? I feel like you have a better chance if you can do ben, Big Ben and James Conner or, or Carson Wentz and Josh Jacobs. I tried to go Justin Herbert and Josh Jacobs, and the guy declined me, so I'm going to try Carson Wentz and Josh Jacobs next, which I think has a chance. And if he declines that, I'll try to throw Michael Gallup or Marvin Jones in there too, which I think could work out in my favor considering I need a quarterback so bad. And if you're a team that had Dak Prescott and you need a quarterback really bad or you have Chris Godwin and now you're dealing with a wide receiver absence, like I think Aaron Jones is the type of player you can use to flip – for good players as opposed to like Ezekiel Elliott, who has no value left right now, obviously, or, you know, I think Zeke still has some value. left. Well, he's a potential buy low, but he's not someone that anyone's going to be paying up for. The, the one thing with Aaron Jones is he has an amazing playoff schedule. He has the lions, then he has the Panthers and then he has the Titans. Those are three teams. He can score a lot of points against. So I would be wary looking at who you're trading for, 
that they don't have a like a much harder playoff run for you because I mean those are three games he can absolutely dominate and I will say this Carson Wentz after this game has like three or four rough games on his but then schedule. he plays the Cowboys week 16 yes, he <laughs> right. does. His but you gotta, you gotta still too. get to the playoffs yeah, you gotta yeah get true. to that point I think Joe Mixon and a Ben Roethlisberger would be a solid combo to trade Aaron Jones for you could probably get that I I'm trading away Zeke and I know we just talked about that he doesn't have really good upside right now because after two games it hasn't been good but i still think that you can get enough value out of zeke that you're going to get more with the two guys that you're going to get i think you still get two guys for zeke. there is someone in your league that believes that zeke will rebound at some point and you're the fool for trading him away like that's there's someone in your league that will do that and they're running back needy enough you may not get a running back back but you get two wide receivers back or maybe and then you can flip that wide receiver for a running back I don't know what your needs are, but you got to trade him now because he plays the Eagles. Eagles are really good against the run. I know a lot of people are down on this defense, but this is not the same defense that you saw earlier in the year. The really D good against is, the run. Yeah. yeah. And, and listen to this. The, they, they're not going to be able to run it a lot either because they're going to be behind in games. And these the Eagles with Ben DiNucci starting this weekend, I, I'm getting, getting too far ahead. Anyway. Cowboys play the Eagles this week. Then they go Steelers, Vikings, Washington Redskins, which we already saw that or Washington football team. We already saw what they did to Zeke this past Sunday. Then they got the Ravens. So until the, then you go Bengals, good game. But then it goes back to the 49ers, back to the Eagles, and then Giants, good game. You have two good games out of the rest of the schedule where Zeke paired up with Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci is – you know, going to be good more than likely. I mean, the Bengals may even be able to blow the uh, Cowboys out of the water, depending on who's starting at quarterback. You got to trade him now. You got to trade him before this Sunday. It's it's a it's a fire sell. You got to get you know some kind of wide receiver, running back combo, two wide receivers, or whatever you need. Get him off your fucking roster. <laughs> Let me say, I a guy put him up Damn. for trade in one of my leagues. I offered Antonio Brown and uh, LaVisca Chenault. Fuck it. Here's two wide receivers. If you want to get rid of them, I'm just buying low. And he would actually not start for me. I just figured, hell, I'll fucking try to get Zeke and I'll try to flip him. Yeah. If you can I mean, buy super low, that's the, that's the play yeah. because he's going to get a lot of volume, but I don't think it's going to be productive. Yeah, you guys just got to trade him away at this point. It's not going to be worth the headache because you're always going to be looking at – and I'm a big proponent of play your studs. And we'll get into why I'm down on Zeke in the next segment. Teaser alert. But Teaser. the uh, it's just not good. It's not a good situation. And we'll get more in-depth in it when we get to our trick-or-treat segment. Trick-or-treat, yep. And one treat I just discovered for myself is I may try to actually go out and trade for Cooper Cup, seeing that he has – he's ranked he's, – he's dipped pretty low. He's below the 60 mark. So people may be doubting him, may be forgetting about him, but he's got matchups coming up against the Seahawks in Week 10 and in Week one. 16. And in Week 16. And the Jets in Week 15 and the Patriots in Week 14. And who knows what they're going to look like at that point in time. So I may try to do – see what I can do to get Cooper Cup when we get off this show tonight. <laughs> Maybe It is. That is a smart – that's smart advice. I tried to get Cooper Cup really low last week, and I may try again this week. Yeah. I like that as well. I tried to play Cooper Cup in DFS each of the last two weeks because I was like, this is the Cooper Cup week. And that backfired twice in a row, which makes – It's got to be coming. 
me think that the owners of Cooper Cup are probably feeling like, ah, right. I'm done with this guy. <laughs> if I can see if I can wiggle him away for a, a two for one and then some players off my bench or something, we'll see what I can do there. But as Zach alluded to, those are our trade segments. Hopefully, there's some good info there. We're going to get to our sits and starts. Oh, excuse me, our tricks and our treats this week. For, and just to touch a little bit, not that I've mentioned this at all tonight at all. It's the first time I'm ever going through this. Never said this before about our results. Everything. I actually won the results last week, but I didn't say anything because it was just a, a paltry four and three, so nothing to write home about. Uh, again, JJ, you and I went four and three again this week. We weren't in last, Greenlaw, three and four, bringing up three year, but he does have that one game, that one pick lead on us. But again, it's a big lead. It's a big lead. So we're, we're all fighting for second place here because this thing's over at this point. I, I don't know what I want to call it, but Zach Lyons is out to a tremendous lead, goes six and one again last week. Just take a bow again. I don't, I'm don't. i surprised you don't have something. I'm about to just give you a wink. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so go – so listen to Zach. Maybe fade the rest of us. I'm not sure what's going on. I, I, I don't need to t- guarantee anything ever again in sits and starts, as I stated earlier in the show. But let's get into it and – Greenlaw, give us a treat at quarterback. I'm going to give you the the number one overall treat, Joe Burrow. Uh, Titans defense really, really bad lately, specifically on third down. They've given up the fifth most passing TDs to quarterbacks. Um, I think they get a couple sacks maybe in this game, maybe an interception. But Burrow (laughs) hasn't thrown uh, less than 30 times a game all year and likely without Mixon, he almost hit 40, 40 passes in each of the last two games. So uh, a lot of volume for Burrow. And as we've seen the Titans corners stink. So if Dory Jackson's out, this is even more of a, a start. I don't hate it because the, you should the, love it. I don't hate it because I think that the, the Bengals are be playing from behind almost the whole game. Cause yeah. Derek Henry's going to run for 300 yards this week on this Bengals defense. Cause they are terrible against the run. So I think they're going to play like it. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but they're going to be playing a lot of catch up. The only thing that concerns me and you kind of mentioned it, or we've mentioned at some point I'm crossing lines. This is that the banged up Bengals offensive line and, and how many sections you get to Joe Burrow makes it out of this game, you know? So there's that factor in as well, but you're right about the matchup. He at least, on paper, what he has going against the Titans defense in the secondary. When Joe Burrow gets hit by Jeffrey Simmons and bursts into Cincinnati chili, that game is over. He's going to just going to be noodles and chili and cheese and diced onions go everywhere. It's, 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 this is, this is, listen, earlier in the show, Rob said, do whatever is the opposite. You should sit Joe Burrow because the Tennessee Titans defense is going to eat him alive. This is what I was going to say. Nobody else is going to call him out, but I will. He's doing this on purpose. He's taking one for the team in the sit-start-win-loss column, knowing he hasn't been right about a quarterback yet this year. I've so that won. the Titans. I've been right about one. Whatever. So that the Titans. Yeah, let's get it right. Correction on the screen. Can squash Joe Burrow like the little rookie he is. Joe it's Burrow company. took more sacks last week than the Titans have this season or two weeks ago. He took eight yes, sacks two in a game ago. two weeks ago than the Titans have this entire season total. <laughs> so maybe this is a get. I've said it on the podcast. This is a get right game for this Tennessee Titans defense, and they're the mental aspect of it. They're 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 gonna steal some souls. They're gonna snatch some souls out of some buttholes. <laughs> That's a different. That's a that's a completely different show. 
People didn't tune in for this. Nobody snatched anything out of buttholes here. Anyway, if the Titans so, don't get sacks in this game, you should be well, very yeah. worried about the defense. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Yes. That, well, that's a, that's a topic for a whole different show as well. So maybe that's a little bit of a trick from Greenlaw, depending on if he has some mind games going on there. Can't confirm or deny, so, but, but mostly I'm, deny I'm, it. I'm shocked he's going against his boy, though, Joe Burrow from the Go Tigers. That's that's shocking to me if, he, if he's setting himself up like that. So, But let's go to the flip side. That's a treat for Greenlaw. Let's give a trick. That sounds just weird saying it like that. What's your trick at quarterback? <laughs> JG. If you play this guy at quarterback this week, you're going to be tricked. His name is... <laughs> Are you reading this off a teleprompter? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to play... I'll really have thing. to watch the YouTube if you're not. Good grief. <laughs> so as Zach pointed out earlier in the show, a certain good trade target who has a couple of the rough games on the schedule still is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, we mentioned this earlier, been outside the top... Had been top 18 or worse QB... Three times this year already. His other three games, he was number four, number five, number six. So he's had three really good games. But he goes up against the Steelers this week, who I think have the NFL's best defense, I think most people would say. And where they really excel is the edges, which is where Lamar tends to do the majority of his damage in the running game is on the edge. I could see a big day for Mark Andrews maybe over the middle, but that doesn't necessarily mean a big day for Lamar. Not necessarily a top 12 week for him. So I was looking at the stats from last year's game. In week 17, the Steelers and Ravens played. Lamar didn't play. Robert Griffin III started. So they only played once last year. Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges played quarterback for the majority of the Steelers. They had like a receiver or somebody else also throw a pass. They took all the quarterback snaps. Lamar had 170 yards passing, one passing touchdown, and three interceptions, and the Ravens only won by three points. The Steelers have Lamar's number. The Chiefs said or the Chiefs pretty much copied the Titans and Lamar said it out loud this is how you stop me I guess I think that in this kind of division matchup the Steelers are gonna be coming up and the Ravens off a bye I mean the last time the Ravens played off a bye they got smacked by the Titans and Lamar was terrible so I think Lamar's a good buy low candidate for the season but this week is one of those weeks that is a reason why yeah it's 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 not good I I fully agree I agree too. Maybe you wait after this week and then trade for him because his value will be pretty low given that he played poorly against the Chiefs. He didn't play great against the Browns and now he's playing poorly against the Steelers. And this will be a marquee game, so it's going to be all over red zone and stuff this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not a bad uh, trick there. I still got to use that. So let's turn this around, Zach. Give us a treat at quarterback. This is the Kit Kat of your bag. It is Teddy Bridgewater. He's currently quarterback 21, which is mind-boggling to me, in points per game with 17.6. But in week five, Teddy Bridgewater threw for 313 yards, two touchdowns, and he was QB 12. And that's all you got to be for this to work. You are looking for your QB 12. And it's the Falcons. The Falcons haven't gotten better. They still suck. (laughs) They're still giving up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks and are the second most consistent team to give up big points at 28.3 points per game. At this point, you always start your quarterbacks again, Atlanta. It's just simple. Teddy Bridgewater, baby. I like it. I am very excited for this Thursday night football game, like legitimately excited because both teams have so many fantasy relevant 
players going. It, I mean, it's going to be really fun to watch. And it should be a lot of points too. Yeah. Now that I say that it's going to be like three to zero. It, it but. will. It will be, it will be six to nine. <laughs> the, the Nice. Showdown DFS is going to be a freaking headache nightmare because you're going to want to yeah. play everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, my trick, my candy corn, if you will, of candy, of course. Oh, come on. Candy, candy corn. corn That's exactly what I was going to describe Josh Allen as was candy corn. <laughs> His candy corn is, is Josh Allen. And I don't love the pick because I know he's been he's been up this season, but he's on a downtrend right now. He, he definitely is. He, he, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's, he went from like 20 points to 17 to 15. He, he's trending down. And that's not what you want out of a top 12 quarterback. Or top four, actually, is what I think he's still sitting at. Plus, matchup against New England, I, I know they're going through some stuff, but I believe Stephon Gilmore is still there, correct? So For now, having, for now. An awful, having an awful season. Yeah, he's not having a good season. People do yeah, not understand that he's not having a good season. But like he's Zach still, mentioned earlier, yeah, Patriots are fourth best. Ah, shit. I'm fucking, god damn it, this internet. Oh, no. Well, you can hear him now. Give it a one second. Yeah. We're good. Go. Yeah, there you hey, are. You're back. Well, hello. That's a nice little trick you did there. Anyway, the Patriots yeah. are fourth best against uh, quarterbacks, like Zach mentioned earlier on the show. So that's my a lot of things working against him, and plus he he may be just the league's catching up to Allen at this point. Who who knows? Or it could just be simply as Zach has so eloquently put, eloquently put it in the past, he sucks. <laughs> he could. I he I think this is though reliant on if the Patriots have Stephon Gilmore or if he's already been traded. I think you do need to keep an eye on that. But if you have Josh Allen and you see, you know let's say Teddy Bridgewater down there or Derek Carr's on waivers. I'd probably go pick those guys up just in case, because like I said, just something about Bill Belichick going up against Josh Allen just is, is not good. Definitely for sure. So something else to keep in mind too, is my treat at the running back. And I'm trying to think of a candy that's great. Cause my favorite candy is probably not everybody. So we'll just go with three musketeer or what milk. Is your milk favorite? Milk. Yeah, what is it? Uh, I don't know what it's called. The caramel uh, sour apple uh, suckers. They only come out this time. Oh, that's not bad. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, bad. you can get them at Walmart only. It's the only time I've ever seen them. And they only come out for like two months around this time of year. And it's my favorite ever. I can't I can't ever buy them because the, the bag is gone in like a di- two days. It's just, I can't do it. So, yeah, it, that's a whole other problem. We're not here for that. But something else you do have to keep an eye on this week, like the Patriots situation, is the running back situation in Philadelphia and Boston Scott from my pick. And, and I'm saying starting him as it stands right now. But if Miles Sanders comes back, then that changes. And I've made a terrible pick. I've made a terrible decision. But he's still limited. You don't know if he's coming back. I don't even think he practiced today from what I was reading. JG, correct me here in a second. I was looking, couldn't really find it. But he he did well last week um, versus the Giants in relief of Sanders. Like I said, taking a bit of risk. But it's first the Lions, who just got ripped up back-to-back weeks by Arizona for 187 and two touchdowns, and then by Washington for 197 yards in the TD. So he this defense coming off two bad weeks. And if he is the starter again, roll with him. I think he's going to be a good one this week to start. Let, let, I want to go back to Josh Allen just real quick because I wanted to see <laughs> his stats. His stats versus Bill Belichick. He has never thrown for over 217 yards. He's had thrown for three touchdowns and five interceptions and three means. They've only played three times, so he averages one touchdown a game, and he's only had one total rushing touchdown versus the Patriots in that, all that time. His yards per attempt have been 
uh, 5.29, 5.46, and 8. 8 was the last game last year. But his adjusted yards per attempt have been 3.59 and 0.64. And 0.64 yards per attempt, adjusted yards per attempt in one of these games. I I almost want to say it doesn't matter if Stephon Gilmore is there or not. I it think doesn't. you need to sit him. Yeah, Patriots coming off a loss, like, they in a division game, you better believe they are going to be. And to go to talk about Boston Scott, this all, of course, depends on Miles Sanders. But Boston Scott – Did not practice Wednesday. Yeah, he did not practice so far. But Boston Scott has looked tremendous. He looked tremendous versus the Giants. The Dallas Cowboys are basically the Giants of Tech, the Texas Giants, because they're just as bad. So I'm all in with you. He may, he's really good at pass catching as well. So I'm with you on this on Boston Scott. Okay, perfect. So stick with you then. Give us your uh, sit then at running back. I think you've Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, he's he's back in our back in Alabama and uh, Arbson. Take it back. Take it hey. back. Yeah, froze it. again. So we're just gonna keep on rolling. There you no, are. Take it back. We missed it. I mean, I won't get okay. it. If you don't where are we taking it back to? Uh, Zeke, start of your Zeke. I know where are we taking it back to. With me? Yeah. Me or him? No. Okay. Zach. Ezekiel Elliott is back. Coming. He's he's here. Sitting down. <laughs> sit him. That was so much better the second time. <laughs> he is RB seven. 18.5 points per game. You're thinking, Zach, that's RB1 numbers. He's RB7. You can't sit Mr. RB7. Since Dak's injury, with Dak, one, weeks one through five, he's RB3 in points per game. Since his injury, RB23 the last two weeks, points per game. All right, that's a tremendous drop. I mean, that's a ridiculous drop, right? Philly has given up 16.4 points per game to all running backs in their um, – and that is the ninth best against running backs. Ben DiNucci is starting. They're going to be able to basically just load up the box, stop Zeke, because they, they could probably cover all these wide receivers just because of Ben one-on-one almost. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be bad. The coaching staff to everything, just bad. They, they're getting, shedding players. So they're going to be playing from behind, but they shed three defensive players already today. They kept Mike Nolan for whatever reason. And I'll be honest, I watched these last two games. Ezekiel Elliott looks checked out. He doesn't even look like he wants to play. He doesn't look like he wants to be there. He's had some fumble issues these last two weeks. It's bad. Bench him. Bench him. So real quick, I do have to apologize. I think I said the Lions versus Boston Scott, and then I rambled off the two teams they played recently. Well, those are the Cowboys' opponents, so clearly I meant the Cowboys, so I apologize there. JG probably had a, uh, a correction uh, before now, so just wanted to say apologize there. So, Zach, thank you for correcting that and, and, and coming back behind me like you always do. I appreciate that. Correct that for me. So let's move on, JG. Who is your retreat at back? I don't think anyone knows what you're talking about. Devin Single. Got that win either. Can you guys hear me? Cat Lions. <laughs> we can. Yes, we can hear. Gosh, I keep like it keeps freezing up. All right, my treat, my little Reese's pieces here at <laughs> I hate people who say Reese's because it's Reese apostrophe S. It's Reese's. It belongs to Reese, not Reese's. But Reese's PCs rhymes better. So my Reese's PCs is Devin Singletary. 
because of the exact same reasons we talked about with Josh Allen, the Patriots' defense is terrible. Wait a minute. Can we go back to this? I was distracted about some Don Terry Post slander that just popped across my screen. Uh, Isn't a recent piece uh, rhyme? Why would you yeah, have to change re- it? Yeah, it's Reese's Pieces. Right. Yeah, but why would you have to change pieces. it? But why would why you say would you pieces? Say pieces? Why are you changing both words? It's so much more fun to say Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Okay, weirdo. Talking about Odo back to Reese's. What are you trying to write? <laughs> so the Patriots. You know, I don't like that you have to say Reese's, but let me change the second one so I can say PCs, <laughs> even though the, neither of them are correct. What? Neither what of them the are correct. Reese's pieces. All right, my Reese's pieces is Devin oh, Singletary. Boys. <laughs> Devin Singletary, for goodness crying out loud sake, is the running back I'm choosing to start this week because. <laughs> Speaking of off the rails, check out the YouTube for that. Yes, oh my god, majestic! My disaster. set has fe- fallen behind me. <laughs> so, I'm sure everyone is worried about Zach Moss taking all the taking all the yards from Devin Singletary against the Jets last week. But that was a weird game. What 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 even happened in that game? The Bills were losing ten to zero to the Jets. I mean, that was just stupid. Here's the thing. In order to protect Josh Allen, who's been really struggling the last few weeks, four total touchdowns compared to four total turnovers, three interceptions and a fumble. In the last three games, that's four total touchdowns. I think they just got to run the ball. New England has not stopped the run this year. We just saw Jeff Wilson destroy them on the ground. I think that you uh, you roll with Devin Singletary this week and hope he rips off a bunch of big, big runs starting from outside the 20, so you don't have to worry about that force field at the goal line, and you're good to go with Devin Singletary. So you're not worried about Zach Moss rest of the season? I am a little bit, but I think in this game, like I think Zach Moss could have a good game against the Patriots, and so will Devin Singletary. Like I think most of Buffalo's offensive production is going to come from the running game, even if that's Josh Allen's legs too. I just don't think there's any reason to throw on New England because their run defense is so susceptible, and Josh Allen's been struggling the last few weeks. He struggled against the Jets who have the worst defense against the pass in the league according to defensive dvoa okay i'm gonna try to get through this that's a lot of a lot of crap if you're watching the youtube there's just a, a ton of crap happening in the last three minutes and like a total fight. pro i went right on through like it wasn't yeah, even- you're the pro i'm clearly not because i lost it and i couldn't have it. i was so worried about zach i thought his house was falling apart for a second <laughs> i don't live in a green screen ryan oh I love this. I love when I freeze. It's like, I'll just keep being entertained. Well, I know, but it's all for tricking running back. We're back. We are back. <laughs> thank, thank you, JG. So my uh, my sit at running back is, is old Ronald Jones, and he has a really good matchup. So stay tuned later for, for why. But the Giants are really bad against the run. They're 23rd in points per game against. Um, but little tease, he was out snapped by Fournette. 56% to 46% this past week in Fournette's first real healthy game back. Rumor is that uh, Ronald Jones stole Bruce Arians Kangol hat, and that's why he's been in the doghouse recently. I heard that. So so we'll see if it continues to be, if he returns it and gets a little bit more playing time, we'll see. But right now, Ronald Jones definitely a sit for this week. I heard the Kang- the Kangle hat story, and I heard that he also stole his car and tried to pretend to be a chauffeur to get into some clubs. 
to try to and stuff like that so yeah it's just it's you can't do that especially with a liar like uh bruce arians yeah trying to get in those tampa bay clubs too they're like there's nothing there there's it's tampa bay i've I've been there oh don't go to a club right now worse you You know that hulk hogan has a beach bar there and that is the coolest place that tampa bay has so that should tell you how lame tampa bay is to begin with st pete's kind of nice well, that's temp, not Tampa. Isn't that like retirement city? Well, he does have Saint, a great beard. Saint I mean, maybe I'm, I'm I'm scouting future home. Yeah, yeah. For myself, don't buy one with the green screen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. the whole house may fall apart. Greenlaw, stick with you. What is your treat at receiver? Uh, my treat is I'm going to stay with the team playing the Titans. I'm going T Higgins. The Titans are the fourth worst defense against wide receivers in fantasy points per game. That means they're worse than the Cowboys. They're worse than the Falcons. They T Higgins has an average of six targets a game and he has eight in the last two of the last three. I don't, it'll, I, again, if Adoree gets back, this changes things only slightly, but it'll be interesting to see if, the Titans do kind of a, a matchup like they did last week with Butler on Claypool. Um, but I, I think Higgins has become a favorite of Joe Burrow, and I think he has a big game against the Titans, even if that's in garbage time. Yeah, I agree. I actually like it, and I'll, I'll explain why here in a minute when we get to mine. But before that, Justin, give us a trick at receiver. Well, this will be the second of at least three, I think three, Cowboys that we're sitting this week because I'm I'm sitting Amari Cooper at wide receiver. I know, I know, I know. Amari Cooper's the only guy that uh, Ben DiNucci looked at when he came into the game last week. He had a nice downfield completion. But Amari's been the number one read in this offense for a couple of weeks in a row now. And I think the Eagles coming into this game are going to be very aware of what they've been able – of what the um, – Cowboys have been trying to do in the passing game, which is go to Amari Cooper. So they're going to put their number one cornerback, Darius Slay, on Amari Cooper. Now, Cooper has faced off against Darius Slay twice in the past, and he has never done well against Detroit when Slay was with Detroit. Two games on 12 targets, he's averaging 21 yards per game against them, 3.5 yards per attempt, and no touchdowns. I think Darius Slay is going to be able to shut down Amari Cooper, force Ben DiNucci onto his second read, which is just going to result in sack after sack, and the Eagles are going to crush the Cowboys, and I don't want any part of any of it. So I'm sitting Amari Cooper this week. That is amazing research, JG. Applauding you for that kind of research. That is why this is the best show in fantasy. I have to give credit where it's due. Warren Sharp tweeted those numbers out when Darius Slay was (laughs) traded to the Eagles. But congrats for you for being able to read. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Kudos <laughs> to you. <laughs> All right, Zach, now that you, we know your house for sure is not falling down, give us a, what are you on? A, a treat at a receiver. Give me a piece of that Snickers bar because <laughs> I'm, I'm already, I've remembered already used Kit Kat. Mike Evans, wide, re- skirt, wide receiver 31, 13.3 points per game. Nobody is hotter than the Tampa Bay offense right now. It is extremely hot for fantasy purposes. It's 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 so hot, it may get GQ sexiest man of the year. They go on the week, on this week to face the New York Giants. And the New York Giants are basically the Cowboys of New York. And Chris Godwin is declared <laughs> out already. And let me say this: the three weeks that 
Chris, there has not been Chris Godwin in the lineup. Mike Evans was wide receiver five, wide receiver five, wide receiver 24. You may be saying, oh, that wide receiver 24 is a little scary. Well, then you turn around and think that, oh, well, maybe I should play Scotty Miller. Uh, no, bud, you shouldn't. Because he was wide receiver 106, wide receiver 13, wide receiver 106, or 108, and then he'll probably be wide receiver something again. What was like he last week? He last, yeah, what was he last? Last week doesn't matter because Chris Godwin played through the whole game. He got his, he got injured on the touchdown that was in the fourth quarter. But that so wide receiver 13, pretty nice. It does not matter. Mike Evans will be the number one guy. I looked at the corners. They're all small, all small corners. Don't forget, guys, Logan Ryan is there. <laughs> Mike Evans is going to feast, okay? Like, it's it's happening. You just can't stop it. And you're Are not you going to stop this up in that are you at all worried that they're no. just going to run the ball and not have to throw it even one time? No, no, I'm not worried because Tom Brady likes to throw. He can't handle giving the, the ball to the running backs. I mean, let's be against, honest here. Against Vegas, they were up by a bunch and they were still throwing Continued the ball. Continued to throw. I actually yeah. was kind of mystified by that. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen. And listen, the Giants are giving up the second most points to wide receivers on the most consistent basis in the nfl the bucks are just gonna truck the giants not even close i'm just gonna be you mad said- to get this right because i said mike evans last week and got it wrong that's the only mm-hmm. reason well yeah because it's, he's the mike i've already said it, he's the mike jacecki of wide receivers you all have all gotten mike jacecki wrong mike Gusecki. i got mike evans right i think this year and nah. i told you to sit him so wow. I'm we'll just saying. Wrong before, and I'm going back to the well here in a minute. Spoiler alert. So I do have a question for you. You said all the Giants' corners are small. Are you worried that they're going to just like piggyback on top of each other, sit on the other shoulders? I thought and about there could be a. Tr- I thought there could be a shoulder-on-shoulder trench coat situation, but yeah. then I remembered that you can't hide it. So I don't think he's going to get fooled by it. But it is Halloween. Like, you never know. Yeah. You know, kicking and screaming. Yep. They didn't have to hide it. They just picked up the kid and he headbutted it in <laughs> the goal. That's true. What was that called? There was a name for that. The mega uh, person? <laughs> Some sort of mega person? <laughs> you guys froze again. Or I froze. I don't know. Who's the mega Nah. Check That's that it. out. I, hope so. I don't know who you're all talking about. Sorry. That's We're sad. back. Okay, I'm glad we missed all of that. Who knows at this point what's getting into the show and what's not? This is going to be. I know. Or rewatching this tomorrow, <laughs> seeing what gets in, what doesn't. This is we're going to lose 30 minutes to the cutting room floor thanks to JG's internet. <laughs> I know what it's in. <laughs> so my my next candy, I did want to use this this candy. I actually hate this candy worse thing than uh, candy corn. I didn't want to use it for uh, Brand uh, Allen, Josh Allen, because it implies that he actually is smart. By saying Smarties, Smarties are a useless candy. Oh, they're awful. They're totally, utterly useless. They're, you, they're awful. It's, it's awful. And useless this week to me and my receiver. And I'm going against uh, Greenlaw here a little bit and saying, please sit, Tyler Boyd. And here's why: you saw, you heard what he said about Higgins becoming that favorite target. I know he's got a great matchup. This is more me thinking that I don't – I think Burrow's going to panic. He's going to go with his favorites. I think he's going to look for the tight end. I don't think he's going to have time to go through his reads. I think he's going to be on his back a lot. He's going to be scrambling. He's going to be trying. I don't think Tyler Boyd's a good play this week. I'm just going with the whole fact that I don't think he's going to get the ball out a lot. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Hang with me here. So if Higgins is going to have a good day, I don't think Boyd is going to have a good day. Counterpoint, the Titans' worst cornerback is likely going to be in the slot – 
where Tyler Boyd will likely line up. And if the Joe Burrow is under duress a lot, that little hot dump off might be right there to the slot. I don't know if I agree with this pick. Just turn it out. Tight end. He's going to look for his tight end a lot. I definitely would not start A.J. Green. That's for sure. Out of the three top three Bengals wide receivers, that's the guy. I would yeah, but only one of those guys is in the top 24. So Jonathan yeah, Joseph is going to have a very good game because he's probably going to line up against A.J. Green. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, I don't love the pick, but that's what I'm going with because I'm just using my football rationale that I don't, I don't think the Burrow is going to have time. So Yeah, I am a bit baffled, though, that the guy who likes the candy apple suckers hates – Smarties. Uh, Smarties. The only the only thing Smarties is good for is basically just crunching them up and use. <laughs> if you are a drug dealer costume, just using it as fake cocaine. It's chalk. It's it's, it's glorified chalk. That's all. It's it the is. best non chocolate based candy. That's, that's oh, a bad, oh that's no. Bad. All right, that's too far. Oh, what is too what far? Is? <laughs> what is like Skittles? Skittles, Skittles is better. Starburst? Starburst are better. Starburst, uh, heck yeah. Oh, I, hold on. Let me let me Starburst or Starburst. Is that how <laughs> you would say it? You would change the names around to make them rhyme. You need them to rhyme. Yeah. yeah, Starburst. Yeah. Starburst. Sorry, because name what you said a candy. Rhyme. There you go. It's better. Seriously. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> Smarties are terrible. Don't 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 get started. I could eat an entire. Whatever do you, you want to? Do you want to lose? You know yeah, what's gonna happen when this when this is over? I'm gonna put that on Twitter that you said that, <laughs> and you're gonna see some angry tweets towards your way. I I do I, think Smarties are better than you guys are giving them credit for. Maybe they're the Juju Smith Smith Schuster of candy, but they are not the best non-chocolate candy. That yeah. is terrible. Finally give up on him, and he has a good week. Thanks a lot. Anyway. So actually, Zach, put that tweet out there now and we'll give the results before the end of the show. Listen, hate mail in my mentions is nothing new, okay? When you got clout, you get haters. That's how it goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Zach, but boy, if you're not too busy doing that tweet, if I need to skip you, let me know. But who is your uh, – excuse me. I, no, I'm so sorry. I'm backtracking because I'm so distracted by houses falling and everything else. Let's stick with me and give you my start, my treat at uh, tight end. And I am actually going with Mike Jacecki. Even though I know what Zach just said about him, we're getting him wrong, all this kind of stuff. But Tua is starting this week, and I have always been a big proponent of of young quarterbacks when they come in for their first starts. They're always looking for that safety blanket, that tight end. I also think he's got a pretty good matchup versus a Rams team who's allowed 16 receptions and 210 yards to the tight end position over the last two weeks. So it's a combination of a young quarterback who I think has some talent to him. And the only thing that may run out is that they run a ton of slants, and, and that just that's what Tua throws all the time. But I think he's going to be looking for his tight end a lot. He's going to be looking for the easy completions to get going. I think Mike Jusecki has a good chance to, A, get going for volume passing towards the beginning of the game, and then some red zone targets. I don't know how I feel about Mike this week. I, I because I really don't know what Tua is going to be able to do against this LA Rams defense. And they are getting back a Sean Robinson up into the lineup and a Sean Robinson and Jarrell Casey and all those guys. I mean, and then you got the corners playing out of their mind. It's, it's going to be tough for Tua to have time to be able to find anybody. I mean, is Jarrell and, Casey on the Rams? What did I say? Jarrell Casey or did man, I met Aaron Donald. Yeah, you went with Aaron Donald Light. Man, sorry, I was reading. I was reading something else, but it had Casey in it. I guess I was like, was "Did I screw up my teams again? What's going yeah. on?" <laughs> uh, but it, it's 
it's pretty much it's going to be a rough go for Tua. Like Tua's not startable this week, and I don't know if any do- some people are going to have to play Devontae Parker and Preston Williams because of how their roster is. I really don't know if you're ever going to be able to get anything out of anybody that's Miami Dolphins this week. We'll see. That's that's why I said at the beginning of this, I didn't love all my picks, but I'm taking a bit of a risk here. And whatever, if this is the one I get wrong this week, hopefully I go six and one. That'd be a monument, a uh, mon- momentous occasion for me. So Zach, I'm going to give it back to you after I tried to force it back to receiver. Let's give a sit or a, excuse me, a trick at tight end. Okay, so my sit at tight end is my boy. I have been successful with my TJ Hawkinson starts this year, and this is when you sit him. This is the one game that you sit TJ Hawkinson. The Colts are just a bad matchup for opposing tight ends. They give up the least amount of points to opposing tight ends at 2.3 points per game. Two tight ends, 2.3 points per game. They're also the most consistent team at not allowing points to tight ends. So they consistently are pretty much just manhandling tight ends up the, up the middle. Doesn't matter if Darius Leonard's missing. Doesn't matter if he's there. They're, they're handling it. So you just have to avoid tight ends against Indianapolis until further notice. And this is a good one to get rid of. They want to get Marvin Jones more involved. Daryl Bevel came out last week and said, we have to get Marvin Jones more involved. And I think that's going to take away a little bit of TJ Hawkinson love. And I think DeAndre Swift is getting more involved, which is also another guy that you're going to feed some passes to and stuff. I just think that this particular game is not the game that you're going to roll out TJ Hawkinson and get a top 12 performance. Sad. Another week, another lion. I mean, <laughs> life stores are really struggling. The lions are trash. And I hate them, and I regret ever pretending to not be off them. Fuck the Lions. <laughs> wow. That's some passion. Wow. That's some passion there. Let's let's keep that passion going. Who is, then who is your treat at tight end, JG? My treat, my little, um, what's a good candy? <laughs> Marty's apparently. <laughs> Don't you dare say smarties. My little smarties pick of the day oh, at tight end is – Hayden Hurst. Now, Hayden Hurst, it's not the best matchup in terms of what the Panthers are allowing to tight ends. They've been pretty good against tight ends this year, but they haven't really played any team with a really dominant tight end. Jimmy Graham was able to score a touchdown against them, and uh, Jared Cook was able to get in the end zone against them last week. So a couple weeks in a row, they've given up a touchdown to tight ends. Now, what's really interesting to me is I was looking at sharp football stats earlier, and the the Panthers are allowing 70% of pass completions against their defense into the flat in the left or right, short areas of the field, left or right. 70% of all their passes. Hayden Hurst, of all but one of his catches in the last two weeks, by the way, he has 10 catches in the last two weeks, all but one of those have come in short in the flat, left or right, including his touchdown. He's been doing a great job at getting those yards after catch on the little dump-offs or Matt Ryan has a little design bootleg and hits it to hits Hurst there in the flat. And that's just where the Panthers have been extremely susceptible this year. So I know Hurst didn't have a good game against them last time they played. Only had two catches for eight yards when they played. But that was just a couple weeks ago. I think Hurst has a chance just to exploit an area of the field that the Panthers have been very exploitable against. You're, take, you're throwing a dart when you're picking a tight end outside the top 12 anyway. So I'm going with Hurst here. I also like Gronk, but I'm going with Hurst. 
Gronk looks like he's found his feet, so that made a bad one. I'll tell you what's not doing good is your smarties take on Twitter right now. Just got a little peek at that. He's getting murdered. <laughs> I don't care what people think about my candy takes. Look, you don't have to eat them. Give them all to me. I'll take all of them. <clears throat> I'm tired. Rick wants to know how long you... you let me say something. You should turn this into a smarties endorsement. You should be... Because you're the only person alive that probably thinks this. So you should be getting a smarties endorsement right now. I don't know if they're on Twitter. I should have probably tagged them. But you deserve it. You deserve yep. it, bud. <laughs> so good job there. Green law, if you can, give us your trick at tight end. Listen, okay, real quick. You okay. do Smarties, and then you call your segment that's sponsored by Smarties Chalk Talk since they taste like chalk. Thank you. No, oh. you do it. Oh. You do it. The Smarties, the being a smarty pants with Smarties. That's just, wow, that's yeah, really, really good. You're that's really good. <laughs> Look, we're workshopping it. <laughs> No, we're not. He Mine's nailed, way nailed it. Chalk talk. It. That doesn't promote. That, that, that. Yeah, that because they're chalk. But they're just discs. No, you could probably even write with them on the chalkboard. Nobody wants to. It's not appealing. Nobody wants to eat chalk. Well, exactly. you do. <laughs> Smarties are not chalk. They're sugar compounded, pounded into a little disc that's pure sugar. How does anyone not like pure sugar? <laughs> get us, get us back on track from this chemistry talk, and get us back into football. Who is your your trick at tight end? Uh, my trick is Robert Tanyan versus the Vikings. The Vikings are 14th best in the NFL, so right about average uh, against tight ends in, in terms of points per game. And Green Bay's targets are being dominated by Devontae Adams. So earlier this year, that you know, Robert Tanyan had that amazing game where he had all these touchdowns. He scored a touchdown in, I think, like the first, first three or four games in a row. And all of his value is inflated by those touchdowns. Now he's not getting them. They're spreading the ball around at the red zone. I think Jay Sternberger got one this past week. So I, I expect Rodgers to target Adams again against these terrible Vikings cornerbacks. And I, I think uh, Tanyan's a sit. Hey. Yeah, I like it. It's all I, logical I dropped takes. Him. I dropped you. him from my roster because I, I I don't have time for him. I'm, I'm rolling with John U. Smith. He's my guy. I'm not, I don't want Tanyan on my roster. So who is your – You could have probably traded Tanyan if you're in an entire inventory have. league. Yeah, but in this league, it's it's a small league, and I didn't really – I mean, I didn't have a chance. I don't – What, like three all, teams or something like that? It's eight teams, and it just it just it wouldn't have worked. I needed, I needed to pick up a receiver, and I had to make a last-minute decision, and he was the only one I could drop on my roster. So, uh, give us uh, your treat at defense. So, Green. we've we discussed the uh, – the Cowboys a little bit in this uh, this episode so far. And so I'm going to pick the the Philadelphia Eagles to start on defense. Have you heard of Ben DiNucci before this week? I, I hadn't, or I guess before last week, I hadn't. Um, the Eagles would be my pick here even before the Dalton injury. But now that the, the Cowboys have gone from one of the best offenses in the NFL, uh, in the history of the NFL, to one I want almost no part of. At all, there's not a single player on their offense that I'm that I think would be a good play long term, and I don't think there's one this week. I'm with you, and let me say this about Ben DiNucci: I, I didn't even know he was on the team when Andy Dalton went down. I'm like, who is their backup? Because I'm thinking, does Kellen Moore get dressed? Is he actually mm -hmm. maybe secretly an emergency quarterback for the yeah. Cowboys? Because that would be awesome if he just took off the headset, put on a helmet, and just went straight on out there. Wouldn't that have been awesome? He might we have been better happen. than Ben DiNucci. Yeah. When I was a coach, we had that happen with one of our student coaches who had eligibility, had to dress up as the emergency quarterback in a game going into because our starter was hurt. Now, listen, you cannot – sorry to interrupt. 
But you cannot say, go back and try to say, oh, well, if it's not Smarties, if Smarties is not the best, then it's Sweet Tarts. No. You're a Smarties boy. You are I a like Smarties boy. I like them both boy. equally. I'll take either. No, you're a Smarties boy. That's fine. My story was poop anyway, just, just like Smarties. Don't try I to like backtrack Smarties. now. I love Smarties. I will eat an entire row of Smarties. I'll, I'll pick them all up as one. Little, like a stack Where it lo- like, looks like a piece of chalk, like you're eating a piece of chalk. Chalk talk, bed. Chalk talk. Chalk talk. Chalk talk. So, JG, if you're, done with your, if, you're, if you're done with your Smarties defense uh, research, I saw you looking down for like three straight minutes. Give us your, your trick at defense. That's the start of the week for defenses is JG's defense of the Smarties. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. What about my defense of trading away Aaron Jones? Yeah, the Smarties one is that way more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, my sit this week at defense, my trick at defense is a big trick. The San Francisco 49ers, not because they're a bad defense. They're pretty good defense. Obviously, they are dealing with a lot of injuries. They just sh- they didn't shut out, but they shut down New England. But now they have to play Russell Wilson. And if you start a defense against Russell Wilson, I'm not saying they won't like have a sack or two and maybe an interception, but like, come on. You're not starting a defense against Russell Wilson, are you? That's crazy. So sit the Niners. I like it. I actually you should gonna- have started uh, the Arizona defense last week. I thought the same thing, and uh, they were startable. Yeah. Yeah, but also, that's no fun. I kind of agree. I think it'd go either way. We've seen that Miami made San Francisco a non-factor in the defense of special teams. So, San Francisco's a really good defense against really bad teams and is a really bad defense against good offenses. I mean, it's just how it is for the most part. They're very Jekyll and Hyde, and I think it's a Hyde week. Hide from them. Hide your eyes from the scary sights. Ooh, yeah. I like it too. In fact, I was mad that I couldn't pick them. So, uh, Zach, but who is your treat at defense this week? My treat is the sour gummy worms of the NFL. A very underlooked defense that has not been that great, but it's going to make a comeback this year. And this game is the game. It's the Buffalo Bills. They are currently defensive special teams ranked 18 with 4.9 points per game. And they are playing the peeps of the NFL offenses, a marshmallowy mess that is just disgusting to put in your mouth. That's right on par with Smarties and candy corn. The Buffalo Bills play the New England offense. The Patriots offense just sucks. It blows. There's nothing good about it. There's nobody I want on the Patriots offense. I'm so glad I did not get Cam Newton a couple weeks ago when I asked for him. I'd rather – I tried to trade Naheem Hines for Cam Newton. At this point, I'd rather have Naheem Hines. I'm so glad to not do that trade. The Patriots are allowing opposing defenses 9.8 points per game. That's third most in fantasy. It, the Bills are going to feast. It's a get-right get game, much like the, uh, the Titans game versus the Bengals. It's a get-right game for this defense, Tredavious White. Is going to have a field day. Does who's he going to even shadow? I don't even. He could probably cover all three wide receivers the Patriots would put out there by himself, and they wouldn't walk away with the catch. Cam Newton looks broke. I don't know if it's just because he, this offense isn't fitting him. I don't know if it's because his wide wide receivers suck. I don't know if he's got the remnants of COVID. I heard that's an excuse. I also heard that he's spending way too much time on his outfits. So I'm sure after hearing someone complain about him spending too much time on his outfits. Coming into Halloween weekend, this outfit is going to be outrageous. And he spent all of his time doing that instead of going in the playbook or whatever Jeff Garcia said. I don't want anything to do with the Patriots at this point. I'm so glad I traded away my boy Damian Harrison. I, I 
just don't have anything to do with this. Hear it. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> not even, let me say something. The Patriots don't even aren't even worth me getting their name right. Plus, even uh, if he gets all the names right, it's not the worst take on the show tonight, thanks to JG. Yes, that's true. And JG just did something a little bit misleading. He made his own Twitter poll that says, are Smarties good, yes or no? And that is not what was presented here on the show. I don't show. need everyone to agree that they're the best non-chocolate candy, but as long as other people agree that they're good, they're in the conversation. That's all that matters. No, that doesn't mean they're in the conversation. How not? Damn, 76 votes. <laughs> things, can be, things can be good and not in the conversation to be the best. But there's only so many non-chocolate candies that are even worth tasting. Like, every good candy is chocolate, except for Smarties and Sweet Tarts. Gosh, this internet connection is driving me crazy. <laughs> Oh, We've already hey, talked. You are oh. frozen at the. We're back, All right. baby. So I'm going to go and give my my <laughs> my trick, my my mound candy bar, if you will, because I I don't I don't care if they're good or not. If y'all like them, I hate them. They're the worst candy bar to me. I just I'm not a fan of them. I never have. They're not them. baby roots, but they are terrible. They're terrible. I, I maybe yeah. So not great. A bit of honey too. I could have gone with a lot here. Just not good candy there. So, but my my defensive trick is the New York Giants for everything that's been said beforehand about them everything they have coming in they've got the Buccaneers coming in it's not a great matchup I think it's low-hanging fruit because they barely qualified in the top 12 to be able to be sat whatever I'll take it either way I guess I'm the host I'm going to decide that I get to pick them so I'm picking them okay the cool. rules decided you didn't really decide the rules decided oh well, yeah but they were they were tied for 11th with like four other teams and I was like yeah whatever that counts that counts <laughs> baby counts. So, but moving on to my treat in the flex. I'm not playing the sound effect. So my trick. Rah! Okay, fine. Rah! My treat in the flex oh. is going to be Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> you hey. can clip that JG soundbite and use it as when someone has a terrible take and then just throw that in there. Okay. <laughs> sure, I'll do that. Um, send that to me, JG, because I'm going to need you to do this. I'm going to go back and grab it. But uh, my, my long-winded analysis, again, uh, for Ayuk, is they're playing Seattle. Okay. He's also had 16 targets over his last three games, six catches for 115 yards last week. So, I'm done. <laughs> Too long. Anyway, so uh, – Zach, who is Let your me, trick? Go ahead. My trick is a hoe bag named Miles Gaskin. And a hoe bag? L- a hoe bag. Well, we're talking tricks, right? Oh. <laughs> the LA Rams are the sixth best, best team versus running backs of fantasy points allowed. Like I said, Ashawn Robinson is back, who is a dominant run-stopping machine. Got Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey's playing out of his mind right now. I mean, basically, they're going to swarm this Miami defense. And I don't care about anything about Tua's old. I, I, I spent a whole week during the bye week coming into the gym and doing this because I'm a good leader. No one cares, Tua. Save it. And this is all to go back to Miles Gaskin because every basically Miles Gaskin is not going to have a chance to be a factor in this offense because they're going to have to use Matt Breida because they're going to be playing from behind. Miles Gaskin, you hoe bag, you out. Wait, but doesn't Greenlaw love Miles Gaskin? I do well, love Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin as guy. a like rest of season guy, but I do agree with Zach. This is not the week 
yeah. if he can help it. I uh, like Miles Gaskin. I try to trade for him, but if I had him on my roster, I would not be playing him. Yeah, he's if someone I, I would trade right. for uh, going forward too. He's yeah. he's got a nice schedule coming up, and he's got a ton of opportunity. He gets almost twenty touches every single game. Yeah, for some reason they like him. I don't know why. <laughs> he's amazing. He's, he's obviously, pretty good. I mean, <laughs> running back like twenty three. Yeah, when you watch him play, I mean, he's actually comes off the screen as an athletic person, but it's just not going to happen for him versus the Rams. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Rams, I'm starting the running back for the Rams against the Dolphins in my flex spot because the Dolphins are surprisingly 32nd in the NFL when it comes to defensive DVOA rankings. I was surprised when I was looking up how many red zone carries Aaron Jones had this year earlier when I discovered he only had 15 to see that Daryl Henderson, yes, Daryl Henderson, is actually third in the NFL in red zone carries. I know it feels like Malcolm Brown is like stealing every chance that Henderson should get for a touchdown, but actually he's third in the league, 25 red zone carries. This is the type of game where the Rams are going to be able to kind of control the clock and run all over the Dolphins, I think. Like I said, 32nd against the run defensive DVOA. Roll Daryl Henderson out there for a touchdown this week, baby. Touchdown this week. Holding you to that. I will be starting him. Yep, same. I will as well. Greenlaw, who is your sit in the flex? So my sit in the flex, uh, I mean, it's a sit, so it's got to be a Dallas Cowboy. (laughs) <laughs> Where I'm going with uh, C.D. Lamb here. The the non-Dak Prescott Cowboys have turned C.D. Lamb into a C.D. Rom, which is useless in fantasy football. So, again, Ben DiNucci as well. That's that's it. Nice. I like it. All right, so stick with you then. Give us your sleeper. Uh, my sleeper is a great pick, and I haven't given a candy the whole time because I'm going with the best candy there is, which is a, a take five. You can take it or leave it, but that's the best candy. It's got your Reese's in it. It's got pretzel in it. It's got everything. So having your bases there. Yeah. I mean, take five is just the best. So put take five is every single one of my picks because this is at least a four, four, four and three week, which is obviously tremendous for me since I went three and four last week, but my sleeper pick this week is Leonard Fournette versus the giants. Like I said earlier, the Giants defense is terrible against running backs, giving up the third most TDs to running backs in the passing game. Fournette out-targeted Jones last week 7-2, to two, and he outgained him rushing the ball on two less carries. This is Fournette's backfield as far as I'm concerned going forward, unless the Kangle hat gets returned to uh, Bruce Arians, and there's there hasn't been any reports that that's happening. So Leonard Fournette from now on. Don't hate it. Justin, who is your sleeper? My sleeper this week is Damian Harris, not Damian Harris' son, but Damian Harris. You'd probably get more points from Damian Harris' son. I'm not like super duper high on him for the rest of the year because I do think the Patriots are going to probably struggle for the majority of the year on offense. But this week, the Bills have not been able to stop the run. Frank Gore and LaMichael Pirine ran all over the Bills last week to help keep that Bills offense off the field, and that's how the Jets were able to keep the game close. The Bills have been have had trouble stopping the run all season long, and Damian Harris is going to be the main back for the Patriots, even if it's a muddled situation where everyone's getting touches. Last week he had like five carries for 50 yards or something and had another 12 yards through the air on one catch. So he's been really efficient with his touches. I know it's a crowded backfield, but I think he's going to be able to rip off a few big runs against the Bills because 
Just like the Bills need to help Josh Allen and keep the ball out of his hands by giving it to Devin Singletary, the Patriots really need to help Cam Newton by running the ball effectively in this game. So it's got to be Harris. Don't love it, but I can see your reasoning, but I don't love it. But, Zach, who is your sleeper? My sleeper Wait, is... before you say this, I just want to say this is too easy. Okay, go ahead. Uh, oh, okay. Well, um, I can always change it if I have to, but I don't know if he really uh <laughs> No, no, you should say really it because our, our listeners deserve your best. Okay. Jamichael Hasty is who I am starting in the flex. Now, he thinks it's too easy, Justin. Sleeper. Even a sleeper. Or, sorry, sleeper. Uh, but you just start San Francisco running backs. You just do. The problem is, is that Tev- Jarek McKinnon is probably going to get the majority of the work, and you're either going to get a Jeff Wilson-like performance or a Jeff Wilson-like performance. You're either going to get a really bad Jeff Wilson one <laughs> or a really good Jeff Wilson one. Um, but I will say this glowing camp reports. They really like Jamichael Hasty and what he brought. And he looks explosive in this offense. I mean, he just looks like he shot out a cannon, very Aaron Jones. Like he's got 5.2 yards per attempt so far out of 22 touches. He has 128 yards. That is like legit. And that's spread out among some games where he's not getting a lot of opportunities. So when he gets opportunities, he's been getting a lot of yardage on him. Now, he hasn't had any touchdowns yet, but I think that will change with them going up against Seattle because he can catch passes out of the backfield. I think this is a must-start and a sleeper pick. The other sleeper pick I would go with would be LaMichael P. Ryan versus the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Because we saw what he did last week. He was involved in the game for the most part. He will get some PPR receptions and stuff. But the Chiefs are not a very good run defense, and he will be involved and probably rip off some runs. Phil Lindsay was ripping them off. So this is a good week to maybe, if you want a good sleeper pick for DFS, put in a little Michael P. Ryan. Nice. Nice. So to finish it up, my Reese's peanut butter cup. I can't believe we've said that. It's always said Reese's pieces, but Reese's peanut butter cup, especially they have those thin ones now that are just they they do well with me and my diets, and just they're so small. And the problem with them is that I tell myself that I can eat two because it's less than eating one, and then I eat five. Yeah, that's just yes. Yeah, so when my wife does the mini cupcakes, they're so good. But then, like by the time I'm done with like seven or eight, I'm like, God, that's three cupcakes. God, you do man. the white chocolate uh, Reese's; those are so. good. Oh my God, the white they're chocolate ones so good. They've got the, uh, the the minty green ones right now, too, that aren't bad either. So they, they don't really have a mint taste to them, but they just got the green Halloween mint color to them. So that, Before we get too far off this take five thing, why would you prefer to have a pretzel Reese's when you can just eat a Reese's? I like them both just about equally. They're 1A, 1B, but, you know, Crunchy spice things up. Uh, yeah, you, know, you know, I don't hate it. Take five are good. I like them. So, but to my pick though is Nelson Aguilar. Three games, three game touchdown streak coming in. Nine targets last week up against the Browns, who were coming off giving up almost seventy points uh, to receivers for the Bengals. So hopefully this week some of those volume of points go to Aguilar. Real simple analysis. It's my sleeper pick. Not a whole got into it. Just uptick and a good opportunity. He's been on fire these last few weeks and i think that there's a real connection with Derek carr and nelson aguilar and i think he actually trusts them and we saw drops but he almost walked away with another touchdown this past week and it was because of a drop but i mean i like it i have tried a couple of places try to get some me some nelson aguilar action if i could 
Yeah, I was surprised. I looked around how, how much he's been picked up, and I couldn't get him anywhere in any of my leagues, so I was kind of depressed about he that. He flew under the radar. Whoever got him was paying attention to these Raiders oh. games because he totally they, flew under the radar. I looked back, and I looked at all the games that he was scoring just uh, after Sunday, and I was like, man, I just totally missed it. He was He's been great since up. week four. And yeah. little fun fact here. Nelson Aguilar and Travis Fulgham are the only two wide receivers who have been targeted more than nine times that their quarterback has a perfect quarterback rating of 158.3. when targeting those guys. And Fulgham was my sleeper pick last week, and I got that right. So maybe I'm yeah. on to something with these sleeper picks. So, But that's it, boys. We made it. We got through all these picks. My little celebration sound effect. We've had some great picks for some great football advice, some terrible candy advice from one JG. Uh, I don't care what your says. I don't care. You're paying it off. You bought some votes. You, you, you are running this into the ground. It's, I, I call, I call foul right now, but that's going to do it for us this week. Remember be sure and check out all the other podcast articles that Broadway sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com partnered with 440 sports. Be sure and make, take advantage of that account. Switch over to Heimendinger foundation. Uh, make sure to catch Zach and JG this weekend for the fantasy overtime for all of your last minute sit start advice and breaking injury news. Follow Broadway Sports at Twit on Twitter at Broadway TN and the show at Flex on Broadway. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook, Instagram. A lot of good work going on over there. That's it. See you next time, Flexers. Smarty, you're terrible. And terrible. I don't care what that whole thing. Terrible. I voted yes in the poll. Yeah, I'm gonna put the poll on the screen. A Broadway Sports Media Production.